If you have your Bible or if your phone and you want to turn with me for a few moments, we're going to be looking at some scriptures found in, uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And we're, then we're going to look at to Psalms chapter 100 for a few moments. As I was pre- preparing the message, I, I came across an illustration that, of a parent. The parents had had two little girls. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever been raised around girls, you know they can be just as rowdy as boys. They need to be tamed just like boys. And if you've got boys, you can say, I'm glad that I don't have to deal with girls. You, let me break you some bad news. You will eventually deal with girls if you have boys. And to the ladies, who, to the moms and dads who have girls and you don't really care for boys, you may as well get ready. They're going to start visiting your house one of these days, and you're going to have to make room for them. But there was two little girls one day that were acting very badly. It was a Thanksgiving. They were misbehaving. Their dad had scolded them several times. So as he sat down at the table with his, with his wife, he said to the two girls, you have disappointed your dad today by not minding. You came to the table with the same energy that I asked you to calm down with. So he said, I want you to go upstairs while your mom and I enjoy Thanksgiving dinner. And the girl slid from the chairs and went, went, headed for the stairs like two dejected little girls, very sad in heart, thinking, how could dad treat us this way? <clears throat> Shortly after the mom begins to holler on, girls, girls, come on down to eat your lunch. And a little bit baffled in light of what their father had said, they sheepishly walked down the stairs that they had climbed in an embarrassing way. But when they sat down to the table, dad was gone. So they naturally asked their mom, mom, where's dad? And the mom says, dad went to his room. And the question uh, was asked to their mom, but why, mom? And the mom says to the two little girls that had been misbehaving, because your dad loves you so much, he couldn't change his standards at this house, and he didn't want to deny you your dinner. So dad said he would go and pay the price so that you could come and eat your meal. So while you enjoy your meal today, remember your dad has picked up the tab and your meal has been paid for. What a coincidence, what a parallel we have to the to the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he left the table, he went to the cross, he died on the cross for our sins, and today the table is spread, and because of his love, his tender mercy, and because he chose to die on the cross for our sins, we can sit at the table of the Lord today and say, he's the best friend that I ever could have. And as we take the journey in life, maybe you've tried to make life so far without any help from the Lord. Let me share with you, the quicker you come to the knowledge of the truth, the better off you're going to be. And so uh, looking to the scriptures this morning, and I feel it is very appropriate for our our Thanksgiving season. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, we're going to be dealing with anxiety. Anybody ever dealt with anxiety? The most anxiety I ever dealt with was the day that I soloed in a Cherokee 140 airplane. I'd had several hours of instruction, and one day, uh, late in the afternoon, my uh, instructor says, I believe you're ready. Boy, I could hardly wait till he leaped out of that right seat in that little two-place 140, and I taxied over to the runway. I cleared through the tower that I was ready to take off. They gave me clearance. I shoved that throttle to the, to the uh, fullest 
position, and that little plane took off. It began to soar. It got to the end of the runway. It lifted up, and it, fly, it did fly smooth. I mean, it was, I was so happy. It, I mean, for once, after all of the schooling I'd been through, after all the training, all the yelling, this instructor could get irate at times if you failed to do what he told you to do and didn't hang on to what he'd, he'd shared. I made the round around the Woodring Air, Air, Airport, and I came in for a landing. I tell you, I, I was so thankful. Boy, for the first time, I was soloing. My instructor was not in that right seat. I was there all alone. But when I began to pull the throttle back on that little airplane and it began to glide toward the ground, anxiety set in. And just about probably 50 feet before those wheels touched the the landing strip, anxiety took over and I gave it the throttle <laughs> and I went around. I, I, I was talking to myself all the time, you've got you've to bring it down, you've got it up in the air, you've got to bring it down. And so I made another pass and, and I came in uh, for landing and I got about 25 feet off the runway and anxiety set in again. The horrible part of it is, is there was another pilot in the air, and he was soloing too, and he was following me around, and I wasn't watching him, but I had a, an audience there that I wish I hadn't had. They were watching how young students shouldn't act after they'd been instructed for many hours. The third time I came around, the same thing happened again. And I, the thought after I made the third pass, I thought, you know, this, this plane will run out of gas one day and live, die, sink, or swim. I'm going down. So I made the fourth try. As I come in for a landing, I turned the landing lights on. I flipped every button on that plane that I could flip on, though I didn't need them at that time. And my instructor said, boy, I knew you meant business when you started turning all the lights and the strobes on on that plane when you didn't even need them. And I came in and I set that little plane down. And man, I tell you, I, I did sigh a sigh of relief. And I was so glad when he got into the plane and he said, boy, I tell you what, I wasn't, I wasn't betting on you, but you made it. Well, let me say this. Jesus isn't betting on us this morning. He's counting on you. Yeah. And he's equipped you to do everything you, 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 he wants you to do in this life. Because at, at the journey of life, we're all going to make a landing. And I want you to land with me on the, on, on, on the highway or in the paths of heaven and enjoy what God has prepared and our, our journey, though we deal with things that we don't want to deal with, and we deal with things that make it, life uncomfortable. But listen to the scripture that's recorded in Philippians chapter 4, verses through, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. Notice this, I want, because we're going to come back to this statement in just a few moments. Be anxious for nothing. I don't care if it's in the Word. I don't care if I, I can tell you where it's at. Reading it is a whole lot easier than applying it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And notice what, what I, I like the Word because it always gives us a challenge, but it always follows up with the answer. You know, the world can tell you what's wrong. I... I, I've heard a lot of messages and I've, I've heard a lot of speakers and anybody can tell you what's wrong. Anybody can tell you when you've gone wrong, I, they can tell you, you know, I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this. 
But let me tell you, when Jesus points out something, he always gives you a way to fix it. If you're broke, he's gonna, he wants to fix you. If you're, if you're down and out, he wants to encourage you. If, if, if you're living by luck, he wants you to know you need to throw that luck to the side and live by faith in the Son of God who created us in his own image. Notice he said, be anxious for nothing. There are anxious times in all of our lives. And it's not the anxiety that gets us, it's how we react to the anxiety. Has somebody ever cut you off in the traffic and immediately your flesh wanted to just get aboard? You just want to really, or maybe you just want to pull up beside of him and, you know, just give him some expression that we wouldn't be proud of if we tried to do it here in church. He said, listen, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. And, and, and he's telling us how or what to do when our spirit of anxiety tries to take over. Anxiety and frustration are first cousin. And as we deal with life, there's times we're going to be frustrated with life. We're going to be frustrated with the things that we're facing. There's times when anxiety comes upon us and, and it, it tries to overtake us. And if we're not very careful, fear will move in. And when fear moves in, the enemy knows that faith moves out. Fear and faith will never mix. And God wants to, you to know he's dealt to every man a measure of faith. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, God has already dealt to you a measure of faith. And the reason I know that is because the Bible says yes. to every man. To every man, since there's no gender, male or female in the eyes of God, to every individual, God has dealt an area of faith, a, a, a measure of faith. And I believe he's, he's no respecter person. He has no grandchildren. He deals us all the faith that we need to get started and to walk with him. Notice in verse 6, and the peace of God. Here's what happens. When we come to the place we can handle anxiety, when we can control anxiety, when we can... Say, Lord, help me in this situation. Help me to see the real way of going and the reality of doing the right thing and then give me the strength to, to be equipped for this no matter what is coming my way. He said, prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And here's what he's simply saying. Got anything troubling you? Let me handle the trouble today. Just put it down in, in my hands and let me... Let me take care of it. If you've got a relational problem this morning and things just don't seem to be working, would you just let me have it today and let me help you work this out? And I want to equip you with this Holy Spirit that will guide you into all truth. It'll even give you, it'll even give you the strength to keep your mouth shut if you need to. And it'll also be there to give you words of knowledge if you need them in the journey of life. But he says, here's what will, what will happen in your life. If you'll always pray in the anxious moments, and if you'll always entertain my presence, and with be, be thankful because you know me as your best friend, verse 7 says, here's what will take, take place in your life. This will be the fruit of you doing, verse 6, the peace of God. The peace of God. Uh, which moves far beyond my understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Has anybody besides me ever spoken a time when anxiety was taken over? Somebody really said something that cross-fired you? And boy, you, I mean, you just, you just couldn't leave it alone until you exploded. Yeah. And then what happens in the quiet of the night? When you lay your head on the pillow and you're wrestling for that area of rest and sleep, the Holy Spirit says, I was there. You shouldn't have done that, but I'm going to help you deal with what you've done. I, wanted, I didn't want you to make a mess of your situation, but since you did, I'm going to help you clean up your mess. And here's what he does. 
He'll give you strength to say, I'm sorry. Have you ever noticed men that he opens the door of opportunity for most men all the time at the house? When you learn to say, I'm sorry to the lady took for better, for worse, sometimes it can be heaven on earth. Or sometimes it can be not heaven, but the other on earth. But listen, the first thing we, we do, and when we're wrong, it's, it's so hard, especially for a man to do, is say, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I blew it. Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's wrestling with that this morning, but Amen. I'll talk to your wives in the four years we have some cake and punch today. It's not fun to have anxiety. It's not, it's not, it's not easy to overcome some things that come our way and the anxious moments. And I, let me ask you, how, how, when did anxiety really set in or have a part in our life? Was it the first time we went to the Christmas tree? We could hardly wait till we could tear the package, the wrapper off the packages to see if Santa Claus had did what we asked him to do. Or maybe it was before then. Maybe your mom and dad uh, uh, didn't spare the rod and spoil the child. And maybe you got real anxious when they said, go to the room, back room. I'm going to take care of this situation. Anxiety would always cause my eyes to bug out when I realized my parents was right behind me and they were going to straighten things out. Let me say this. Mom and dad knew how to keep the generational gap closed at the White House. And they closed it by allowing us to realize there's a consequence for wrongdoing. Moving on. I, I like the way Jesus says, be anxious for nothing. Don't get anxious over anything, but just pray about your situation. Just allow me to speak to you as you ask me. Let your request be made known. God already knows what I have need of, but he said, I want to hear you say it. I want to hear you say it. You know, if I, if I wronged somebody and, and I, I told, hey, if I took advantage of Brooke, and uh, I'm not going to, she's my, she's my hairdresser, and uh, I sure don't want her to lower the ears long, lower than I want them or low, uh, lowered. But let's just say that I'd said something wrong to her or her dog. I'm telling you, if you treat your dog nice, Brooke's easy to get along with at her house. He's one of the most, he is, I don't know where he learned this, but I tell you what, I love Landry. And when I walk into the, the door to, into Brooks' house, Landry gets right in front of him. He just, Woo! and he just stands. He won't let you out if, unless you kneel down and meet him on his level. And I'm telling you, then Brooks says, here's your bone. And he grabs that bone and away he goes. I'm, don't ever, don't ever mistreat this dog. You'll be friends. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life if you'll just be good. To... Just kidding, Brooke. <laughs> Suppose I did wrong and I hurt Brooke in some form or fashion. I wouldn't go to Layla and say, Layla, would you tell your mom I really am sorry for what uh, I did? Maybe I kicked Landry on the way out and Landry really yelped and she knew what I'd done. Well, uh, you know, she might be ha having some hard feelings too. Maybe she, maybe she didn't get the message. Maybe she's just going to let me suffer a while. And then in two weeks, I go back to get another haircut. And I said, Brooke, did uh, Layla tell you what uh, I told her to say? What did you tell her to say? I said, I told her to tell you I was sorry. She said, I never heard anything like that. What I'm telling you is if you've done wrong, it, he says, uh, go take care of it yourself. Have you ever did this? You had a phone call coming up and you really didn't want to make the call. And you said, honey, I'm so busy. Would you make this call for me? And uh, 
she's a precious lady. But she has come through 60 years of training. She's been through the boot camp several times. And there's times she just has the audacity to say, you just take care of it yourself. And anxiety, anxiety welds in, in your heart sometimes because you know that she's uh, put, the, put, the, put the blame on your shoulders or she's put the responsibility on your shoulders. And she wants you to take care of the situation. God wants you to know the peace of God that moves far beyond your understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And Thanksgiving is a time when and the importance of, uh, and the benefits of Thanksgiving in our life always rises. We're grateful for health and strength. We're grateful for our families. We're grateful when we sit down at the table, we can eat like we've never ate before. And there's just an awesome uh, spirit that comes in our, in, our, in our homes during the hour of Thanksgiving. But you know, I, I want to talk to you about the benefits of just allowing Jesus to be Lord. He doesn't have a bunch of rules that he wants you to live by. He has a bunch of blessings. He wants you to know he, he has your name written on him if you'll just follow him. I grew up thinking God had a, a bunch of rules. He's sitting in the sound booth, and you make one room. He's got, a, he's got this iron rod, and he's going to tap you on the head and, and embarrass you at a time when you didn't want anybody to know what you had done. A poor, a poor reflection of who Jesus really is. But listen, God wants you to realize that not only does he give you strength in a time of need, but he also gives you the strength to resist a proud spirit when you're right. And she's wrong. I know I'm where I need to be. It's really getting quiet. It's, it's difficult for all of us to find the strength to humble ourselves and say, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the Bible says God tells us that God resists. The word tells us that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's found in James chapter 4 and verse 6. The question is, how do I become humble just for saying, I'm sorry? The Bible says, humbleness comes by being thankful. Have you ever put your arm around your wife, man, and said, I'm so grateful that, that you've stood by my side all of these years? Have you ever been down and took the grandkids in your arms and said, I'm so grateful that I have grandkids like you? Have you ever just taken the time to say, I'm just so thankful that I am who I am? God's grace always gives me strength. I've got friends. The most important thing, I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. And the great situation is God has brought me this far, and no matter what comes my way, he's going to be with me. He's a present help in time of need. When the burden becomes heavy, he allows me to cast it all on him because he cares for me. And, and, and then he, the time when we have to humble ourselves because uh, of our life, our life cares and our, our, the things that we've done, he says we can overcome and become humble by being thankful. And a good rule to being uh, thankful, not worrying, he said, be careful for nothing. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be prayerful in all things. Be thankful in all things. And the sin of thanklessness has caused more than one nation to fall. I'm greatly concerned about America this morning. Bible says to obey those that are in authority, and that is, is sometimes a real challenge. But for the heartbeat of many of our leaders today, uh, my, heart, my heart sinks when I see uh, the thanklessness that's sweeping our country. And I look and see what's happening on our 
our great college campuses, and I see the destruction that's coming their way. And then I watch the people that put on a uniform, and every time they walk the streets or get in that police car, they're putting their life out in front of the, out in front of the public, knowing that any time their life could be taken from them. No respect. Can I say this? Did the, you know the Bible spoke to us almost 2,000 years ago that in the last days you would know we're living in the closing pages of, of timing when we saw the spirit of lawlessness sweep the country. Listen, we have no promise of tomorrow. I want to tell you all I can tell you today about how good the Lord is. He's a present help in time of need. If you need forgiveness, it begins by just simply allowing your spirit to say, Father, I need help today. Forgive me, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. When my, when my life comes to a close and I've drawn the last breath, I want to depart from this earth and be in heaven. Because I'm telling you, there, God created hell for the devil and his angels. He didn't create them for the saints. But the Bible says because of, of sin, grace does much more abound. But there's a place called hell for people that do not believe. Right. I've weighed this several times, and I've heard it several times. But I've been told that sin will, not, sin will never take anybody to heaven. The only unpardonable sin there is is unbelief. And I've weighed that several times. Is that, is, that really, is that really the way it is? And I, you know, but if you don't believe, you don't have. You've got, to, you've got to take the Lord by faith. I've never heard an audible voice, but I've heard him speak to my spirit, and he's allowed me to know right from wrong. And he allows us the ability to, he created within this body that we live in a spirit so he can make contact with us. And everybody in this building has the ability to hear the voice of God. Amen. I'm going to pick on Ronnie. I pick on him once in a while. He's one of a, a great friend of mine. We've spent time in the oil field. We have things in common. But the day that the board told him to look for me a pickup, he knew where to go. He knew that I drove the most heavenly vehicle on the road, and that's F-O-R-D. I know, I know. I know you don't believe that, but come ride with me someday. He told me, he said, Orville, when I was driving down that lane of pickups, and I came to that one with a certain color that I've watched you drive for years. Nobody had to tell me. I knew that was your truck. I said, Ronnie, that was the voice of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he knew where to go. He knew what to look for, and he found it. You know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Listen, I'm telling you, that's a big phrase. That's a big promise. And I want to be found just serving the Lord with joy and gladness. I just, want, I, I just want to do everything that I can to do everything that I can possibly do without grumbling and complaining. Let me, let me offer this as a suggestion this morning. Anybody could give me a, a two, two, word letter, or two words on what, what contentment is, really? Anybody? Contentment. What is contentment? Elder, you've got the answer. What's contentment? At peace. All right. Elder? Peace. All right. Anybody have a different? Godly contentment is just being peace, being satisfied. You know, not that we don't look across the fence and see a house better than we live in, a pickup shinier than ours. Let me, let, me, let me just run through a list this morning. Time is running out, but contentment is being just as happy driving that Mercedes as it would if you had to drive a jalopy to co college. 
In both cases, you have a ride. Contentment is taking as much pleasure in the big $300,000 house that you live in, comparing it to a two-bedroom apartment. In both cases, you have a roof over your head. Contentment is appreciating that T-bone steak as much as you would a hot dog. In both cases, you're not starving. Contentment is just being satisfied with a designer outfit as you would be with an outfit that came from a thrift store. In both cases, your clothes have your back. <laughs> contentment is realizing that God has met your needs. And contentment is knowing that God will do what he said he'll do. And Philippians 4.19 says he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Godly contentment. Oh, I know we all have a wish book. There's things we all dream of. There's things we'd like to enjoy. But listen to me. God wants you to know that he's for you, not against you. He, he, he just wants you to realize that in this Thanksgiving season, you've got so much to be thankful for. Yes. One great encouragement I always receive, and I never mind going to the hospital, is because as I walk down the corridor of those big hallways, just a glance into the room, and I see people that may never get to go home. I see guys this tall up to this tall, their hair is gone. You realize they're facing uh, a horrible situation in their life. And, and when I get to the parking lot, I, I, I try never to forget to say when I turn the ignition on in that vehicle, Lord, you've been so good to me. Your blessings overshadow us every day of our life. I close with Psalms 100, verses 1 through 5. David says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. You know how to do that. You've clapped your hands this morning, and you've worshiped the Lord. And verse 2, David says, serve the Lord with gladness. Be glad you're a Christian. Be glad your name is written in the book of life. Be glad that even though things don't always go your way, that God is going to be there to be a present help in time of need. He said, come before his presence with singing. So know that the Lord is good. It is he who's made us, and we're not, our, we're not self-made. We are his people in the pasture of his sheep. Verse 4 gives us some awesome instruction. He said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Well, enter into his courts with thanksgiving, into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth is endures to all ends. Listen, the spirit of thanksgiving can cause believers to rejoice at the bank of the Red Sea. You remember when the Israelis were running from the Egyptians? The Red Sea was in front of them and the Egyptian army was behind them and there was no place to go, no place to hide. And they stood and Moses smote the water and the water's part of the Red Sea. They crossed the Red Sea, got over into the safe, safe on the other side, and when the Egyptians entered in, they got out right in the middle of things, and God collapsed the water, and they drowned the Egyptians. Listen to me. If the spirit of thanksgiving can cause believers to rejoice on the banks of the Red Sea, to look at the fiery furnace and say, Our God is able, and endure life's impossibilities with the knowledge of knowing He who is in you, is greater than he that's within the world. Then your response to that with thanksgiving is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want everybody to say this with me this morning. I know we have needy people here this morning. I know we have people here that don't have the answers to everything they're facing today. But listen, God's not mad at you. He's knocking at your door this morning. 
He said, I want to come in and I want to be a helper to you. I want to give you peace in the midst of the storm. I still speak and the winds and the waves obey. I, I still have a Heavenly Father who sent me into your life this morning to tell you, you're precious. You were worthy of my death on the tree between two thieves. And I care. I express my care to you when you were yet living a miserable life of sin. And I'm standing at your heart's door this morning knocking. Won't you let me in? Would you stand?